Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. So here we are a week later, and people still seem to be crazed about the Super Bowl win. Seem to be. They is yeah, crazy. And I I is too. I mean I I I went to a neighborhood Super Bowl party. And um, by the way, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well because okay. this town is in a very good mood and has been in a very good mood for a very long time. It, it, it's amazing how it galvanizes an entire community and area like this. Uh, having said that, and I loved the game, I just went crazy, and I hear national uh, commentators saying, God, that was a terrible game. Oh, it stunk. It was a terrible game. It was if you didn't have a dog in the fight. But if you're a Seahawks fan, it couldn't have been better. You just so absolutely dominated the, the Broncos, I mean, I just, I couldn't believe how great they played. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, there was this, almost a, a cockiness, like they, you yeah. could feel it, like they knew they could do no wrong out there. Usually, and I felt sorry for the Broncos oh, after I did a too. while. I cried for them. About they, the 50th touchdown, I started feeling <laughs> sorry for Denver. <laughs> they Usually a game is, is a series of ups and downs. If things are going great in the first half, there's going to be trouble in the second half, almost inevitably. But to begin the second half with a guy, Percy Harvin, taking the ball all the way back to a touchdown, I thought, this thing's over with. Yeah. I was still nervous, but but it, it was it, there really was almost a flawless game mm-hmm. for the Seahawks. And, and, uh, and I was more worried about them getting into the Super Bowl in the first place when we played the 49ers. But after that, I thought, man, they got a pretty good shot of getting into this thing. But to dominate it by a score of 34 to 8 is insane. Nobody predicted that. Although it's funny, you hear people the next day, radio commentators go, well, I... It wasn't I, 34 to 8. It was 42 to 8, wasn't well, 43 it? Day. 43 yeah, to 8. 43 to 8. You're absolutely right. 43 to 8. And listen to you. You don't even care about the game. You know the score, and I didn't. And so commentators are going, yeah, well, you know, I kind of saw this coming. I, I didn't really say anything, but uh, I kind of... No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you thought the Broncos were going to win or it would be a tight game. It, mm-hmm. it just went against anybody's expectation. It was very cool. Very cool. So... Did you did you even watch the game? Yes, I I had the game on. I you was did. doing other things, and I would kind of come in occasionally just by yourself. Oh yeah. So you didn't go to a Super Bowl party? <clears throat> oh no. Yeah. No, I don't want to get caught up in all that nuttiness. Yeah. 
But um, uh, so I, I watched it uh, periodically, let's say. And uh, yeah, it was it was perfectly fine. And it, I have to tell you, it is it was very hard to not get caught up in the excitement <clears throat> that this town is going through and in the game. And I'm not a football fan. Yeah. There, I said it for the millionth time. I've already, I've said it before. You said it before. So I'm not a not football a fan. However, so I feel like kind of a hypocrite because I was like, yeah, I got to turn on the game, and and I was even like, when they won, I was like, yes, and that was it. I mean, that's pretty much where I went with it. Well, it's like you <clears throat> uh, want to pay attention to local news stories and and that sort of. Thing. This was a big story, whether you're a sports fan or not. You you couldn't not know the outcome of this thing and you had to have some at least basic interest in it because it this is dom it's front page news mm -hmm. it, yeah it's huge so we went to an, a neighbor's house uh, an older woman who has a uh, she had tvs in three rooms oh, brother okay yeah i mean she's a nut and she even a, in the bathroom no. I went to a Super Bowl party that had a tv in the bathroom hmm. because if you figure you've got the game between the game the commercials and the halftime show. When do you get to go? Yeah, never. No, if I uh, if she had a, a TV in the bathroom, I would have just stayed in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, just the way I stay in the bathroom. <laughs> That's how I get through long novels is in the bathroom. I actually keep my the books I'm reading in the bathroom because that's where I know I'm going to read. Remind me to never borrow a book from you, ever. <laughs> that's so gross. I know, it is gross. It's really gross. You're right about that. It's disgusting. Okay. So you uh, went to some... I'm surprised you didn't stay home by yourself and enjoy it because... No, you, but we we thought, this is perfect because usually we will host a Super Bowl yeah, party, but this time surprised. we thought, this is great. We can leave when we want. Mm -hmm. It's her place that's getting trashed, right. not ours. Yeah. She's got to yeah. clean up all the chips and yeah. beer cans. It was, turned out to be perfect, and it was great because she had all these TVs, and they looked really good. And uh, How many people were there? Oh, was it a big crowd? Eh, it wasn't that big. 20, maybe? Something like that? All what? of them rabid fans or some just there for the chips and beer? There's one guy. There's one neighbor uh, that I don't even know very well. But he is such a sourpuss. I've seen this guy walking down the street. He walks his dog. I wave to him. Nothing. He gives you nothing back. He just looks like a sourpuss. I love him already. And he and like so that. he sits there during the game, and everybody's go jumping to their feet. Yeah! Wow! <laughs> He's just sitting there holding his little glass of red wine. <laughs> I should I have had him over to my house. That's why it was great that she had TVs in every room, because I didn't want to be in the room with that old sour Really? Do you, oh, you, God, he was a pain in the ass. Really? So you thought yeah. he he was affecting your celebratory yeah. sort yeah. of yeah. mood. And I've the thing about it is I have tried in the past to be a, a hail fellow well met. I've said, hey, how you doing? Let's say his name is Jake. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Good to see you. How you doing? Fine. And, and and there comes a point at which you finally say, "Okay, I don't care how you screw are. Screw it. I, yeah. I'm not going to try anymore. I've, yeah. I've been over backwards, forwards, and sideways to try and be amiable, and you're just a jackass. And that's how. So, so I didn't try. I although I did say, "Hey, how you doing?" And you, oh, fine. And then he just sat and and he didn't emote. He didn't care. I, I thought, why are you even here, man? You go home and I don't know. Make some stew and climb inside of it. Jeez, you're a, you're such a puss. And so when he leaves, everybody who's leaving uh, at the end of the game is going, 
Hey, I'll see you later. There's a Greek man named Nick. See you later. Nice to meet you. And then people are leaving and everybody says hi, goodbye. Right. Not him. He goes straight out the door. (laughs) Sorry, I think that's funny. And a friend of mine who I've known for a million years, uh, in fact, he works on your friend's evening magazine. Yes. You can say his name. This is our podcast. He brought, he brought, his name's Blake. He brought a bag of uh, peanuts that's our tradition he brings peanuts every year yeah the well, shell with the shells and yes with the shell complete yeah right and so he, but nobody broke into the peanuts and so he he gets to me and he says do you think it would be bad form if i uh, took my peanuts out of here i mean nobody ate them and i could take them home and I, no it's fine you should do that no are you kidding no. you told him to no 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 when you go to somebody else's home you can't take your wine back no if, you bring with the things you bring stay you got to be very careful with what you bring i don't do, agree with that you don't just pack it under your arm and trot out the door if nobody's broken into it my wife made these wonderful chicken wings they were really good. It was special. They weren't just that stuff that's dumped in a bunch of barbecue sauce. I mean, these are these were ginger and all kinds. And nobody nobody ate them. So I said, let's take them home. And I we did. Why should we leave them there? They're just going to. Nobody's wanted them then. They're not going to want them later. Well, you well, there's a way to take them home. You first ask. Yeah, um, well, I went out the back does door. Does anybody? <laughs> No, seriously, you violated a very, very strict social law. Now, where is that social law written? I don't know. I'll find it. But when you bring something to somebody's house, you don't take the rest of it home. Am I supposed to leave my pants and my shirt there, too? (laughs) No, I mean, if nobody, if there's no interest in the product, why leave it there? Because you know that the woman who threw the Super Bowl party, she's not going to eat it. Have you asked her, though? Maybe she's been eyeing those wings going, God, I hope nobody eats those wings because well, I'm going to have a little wing party later on by myself. No, no I did not ask that's, her. You're that's right. what I'm saying. You that's can fair. You can say, look, do you want me to leave these for you or would you rather just get, do you, you want me just to just get them out of your hair? No, throw them away. <laughs> nobody wanted them. They're gross. Get them out of here. Then you are free to then take yeah. it home. However, my advice to my friend, Blake, was that, no, if nobody was interested in the peanuts, you bought them, you should take no, them home because you value them. Your advice is wrong, is what I'm trying to tell you. You well, gave him bad advice. Now they're going to go, can you believe that Blake took the peanuts home? Deadbeat. And the wings are gone, too. And the peanuts cost maybe two bucks, and he still takes them home? See? God, what a jerk. Yeah. However, here's the deal. So he puts, he decides to go out the door. He hides them under... <laughs> His coat. See, he knew it was wrong. I think he did. That's why he was asking permission from me, which right. I, I he's, granted. He's going to blame it on you yeah. now. So he goes out the front door and he puts the peanuts on a, uh, there's a railing out there uh, out on the front porch. And he puts the peanuts out there and then he comes back in and he says goodbye to the hostess and everybody else. Meanwhile, that sourpuss I was mentioning earlier, Jake, he goes out the door without saying goodbye, goes out the door. I know he's the last guy out the door. Because oh, I was no. watching. And so Blake says, good night, see everybody. He goes back out, his peanuts are gone. <laughs> see? So that dillweed took his peanuts on top of being an antisocial twerp. He takes Blake's peanuts with him as if, oh, these must be for me. I'll take them. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think it's ridiculous. It How dare ridiculous, you take those peanuts, very you jerk? Funny. Wouldn't you like just to climb inside his head and figure out? I wanted to go climb inside his yard and knock on his front door and say, hey, where are the peanuts? Oh, my God.
just I was I was outraged. It, it isn't important, of course, but when you have a little bit to drink, right? And you're celebrate. I mean, you kind of the lose peanuts it. become a big peanuts deal. become a big deal. Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> it's goofy. I get it. Anyway, so well, we we did this, uh, and uh, anyway, it was it was it was kind of fun, but it's nice having. So the, her TVs are set up in such a way that they don't all. The the signal is not received at the same time on all of the I, sets. Yeah, I have, that's so what happens the, in my house. So the main set in the in the <laughs> in the room that Mister Sourpuss was watching, among other people, you'd hear this. Yeah! And meanwhile, we're waiting for the snap of the ball in the other room, so we know something good is coming. Right. And yeah. that's another reason I didn't actually have to sit in front of the set, because I was kept abreast of every single time the Seahawks scored a point, because my neighbor, drunk neighbor, I'm quite sure, up on the hill, every time a point was made, <clears throat> scored, there'd be a little bit of a delay, and then you'd hear his his car horn, <laughs> and he wouldn't. He wouldn't want want. He. Yeah. But I can. It, it was sort of a delay, so I can imagine him sort of going. They scored, and then he sort of drunkenly shambles out to his car. <laughs> so I just. He, I knew that sitting in his car watching. I don't think he. I think because of the amount you don't of time think he was watching Steve, listening to Steve Rabel on the radio. <laughs> I think the amount of time though mm. between that. Uh, yeah. So that's how I kept. And so there was a lot of horn honking, yeah. obviously going on. But well, it, it, this town, uh, Seattle, has had this fatalistic idea. In 1979, somehow the Seattle Sonics won the NBA championship, and that right. was a big deal. Yeah, this but, is a bigger deal. But now the Sonics are gone, and it, it, it's almost younger people don't even remember that. So this is, if you're going to win one championship this is the one to win the mm -hmm. super bowl and so i understand why this town has gone bonkers over this thing it's it's really cool and i got completely caught up in it and as i've told you before my wife patty who didn't care a she cared less about football than you do if you can believe it i'm, I'm still bewildered she as to what got, turned her around on it, this. and it happened now near she's the a rabid fan absolutely rabid if they have a horrible season next year and win only two games, she'll still be into it. I think she's a permanent fan now. Okay. Once and for all. Why? And every time Russell Wilson's face comes on the TV, she goes, Oh, sweet pea. <laughs> she's like a mom. Oh, look at that sweet pea. <laughs> He's such a sweet pea. Oh, sweet pea. I don't understand what turned her around. I don't know either, but I'm really grateful for it. Now, the big it's victory... It's much more fun to watch with somebody else that's as enthusiastic as you are. The big... <laughs> I know, I'm sorry you can't discuss this with me and get excited. I'm just not excited about it. And I'm, I'm just... It's perplexing to me the level of emotion that people have carried on. I mean, the, the victory parade... Oh, sweet pea, come on and dance with me. Come on, come on, come on. On Wednesday, 
um, people pulling their kids out of school, yeah. you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people going downtown to CenturyLink. Yeah, little and- Timmy getting pulled out of school. It can turn on one little thing like that. Mm-hmm. Timmy misses one day of school, and Timmy misses a key component of his education, which will doom him forever to be just in a lesser job someday. He will not make as much money. He won't find the woman of his dreams, and all because... His parents stupidly took him out on a key day in his life. Are you done? Well, I I always think that's why I always think I always feel like like I was terrible in math. Right. And I feel like I must have missed one key thing <laughs> right. in class. Maybe I was sick or something that day when they said, "And here, here is the secret to it all." If you know this, you'll understand math and algebra and everything else. And I think I missed that. And that's why I was such a complete dolt and idiot when it came to math. Uh, so that could be the case for little Timmy. You never well, know. Th- that's not really, I don't really care if they miss school or not. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you see, you, you saw the news coverage of people, I mean, weeping and cheering yeah. and, and being, I think, a little too emotional about this mm-hmm. okay yeah it's great i'm glad the seahawks one doesn't benefit me in any way doesn't make me a better person just because i'm from seattle does it are we now are we now better somehow because we're from seattle and the seahawks won the super bowl yes i think we people are. respect yes. us more is yeah. that it well i mean i think it gives you good talking points you travel a lot if you sure. if you come up to a stranger and they say hey where are you from uh from seattle Oh, you guys must be pretty excited about that Super Bowl. Oh, yes. yes. And then I can sniff and hit you go, and then yes, the, I am. The, it the next thing you know, he's taking you on a date oh. and you're getting married. <laughs> Wait a minute. I hadn't really played out the entire... I want to marry a woman from Seattle because that is the means Super she's Bowl special. Town. Yeah, That means she's special. Uh, no, I, it, there's a psychology to it, obviously. Uh, exactly. And it, it's that everybody, not everybody, but some people are just fans, but for a lot of people... They go to their workaday world. Mm-hmm. They work their their nine to five jobs. They nobody nobody at the end of the day says, "God, you're great. I love you. Mm-hmm. You are so great. I'm so proud of you. You're the best employee we have." That's true. And stuff like that. So this, for many people, it's is, a pride thing. It's a yes. It's a celebration of of of. I understand. I don't know. I, I I'm not articulate about it, but you know that that's that's what it's about. It's, right. It's this idea that somebody that you supported somebody that you're enthusiastic about they won they won the whole thing (laughs) and that makes you feel better about yourself yeah i just i'm missing it though i don't it it doesn't make me feel better and because i don't even know these guys but if if you were into it you might feel better no, that's what I'm saying. I don't even understand why to get into it. Like, I, I, I would not have taken the day off and gotten on the bus to go down to that parade and go through swarms of people. But some people, my neighbor, in fact. We are the champions of the world. Yeah, see, I'm, and, with, I'm with you on that. I'm a big fan, but, but I wouldn't go to deal. that parade. No way. I don't. You're going to spend your time and energy to go down and say congratulations to people you don't even know. I don't understand that. If it were somebody I knew, let's say you won 
the Nobel Peace Prize and we had a big parade downtown, I would totally come down and cheer and scream and be emotional about but it because I, I won know the, you. If I won the Nobel Peace Prize and you so much as tried to put your grubby mitt on it, I would punch you. <laughs> You'll probably keep it in the yeah, bathroom. Right. But uh, do you understand what I mean? I, yeah, I don't I do. understand this level of emotion for people you don't even know. I guess th- this is a bit of a stretch, but I might equate it to the way you might go uh, in praise and and deference to returning soldiers let's say in a war and you don't know any of the soldiers but you appreciate what they did sure but that's Uh, yeah well i mean some people would view it like that i I get it but this is a game i know i know it's a game no i know but i i'm trying to get it in some kind of context some you never will some analogy that you never will i won't understand it so, you know, I love the Oscars. We're going to talk about those in another podcast. But you don't up. know any of those people I either. don't know any of those people, and I'll cheer and clap at home. Yeah. But I'm not going to go stand out on the street, you know, and and have a homecoming parade for... Well, they're not going to come into town. Well, by my point is, if they did, I still... Would you stand at a red carpet if you were invited to, or you were down in L.A.? Would you be on okay, a red carpet? Okay, see, yeah, you're right. I would. I would love to go. I would love to go to the Oscars or be in the bleachers on the red carpet. Yeah, I would. Be kind of cool. Actually. That would be kind of cool. And yeah. you're right. I don't know any of those, so I, I guess I get it. But this is. I, I, I get it to a certain point. This city seems to have gone oh, yeah. way over the edge on this. Everybody needs to just take a Xanax and just calm the hell I don't, down. I do not disagree with you on that. Even though I am one of those people, um, I I think. But, but but you can't. You're not going out to the parade no, and no. screaming and you can't and, you can't chastise people for doing it. Though. I'm not chastising them. All I'm saying is I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm not chastising them. They can do no, whatever I, they I want. No, I didn't say you were, but I'm just saying that I can't. I I I have no problem with people that are that gaga crazy about it. But um, I don't like to go into crowds. First right, of all, right? I know. Uh, I, I don't wa- either. I watch those crowds at the end of the game, downtown Seattle, yes. and I thought, oh, good, let's go get head o- hit over the head with a mm-hmm. with a metal pipe. <clears throat> no, I don't want to be. They in weren't that. that out out of no, they control. Where well, this but, is in but Chicago, is always there. This is in Chicago or Oakland, where we burn down our city when our team wins. I remember we did it's a completely bit, different. We did a bit on Almost Live about that one time. We said, <laughs> let's just suppose that someday we win a championship in this town. You people are ill-equipped. To know how to celebrate. <laughs> so we'd give little lessons on how to turn a car over on its side, right. and how to set things on fire, and how to break plate glass windows and things like that. That's how you celebrate. That's how you celebrate. And you, pe- we people, we don't know how to do it here because we've never done it before. <laughs> right. Well, it's uh, it's still pretty dang cool. But. It is cool. It is very cool. I'm proud to be in Seattle. Bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. Oh! And the hills, the greenest green in Seattle. Okay, I'll give you that one. Like a beautiful oh, child. I'm looking at a picture of Marshawn Lynch. He's got a big bag of Skittles. He's standing on a Ride the Duck. And he's throwing Skittles out into the audience. Of course, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. during the parade. I went to Costco uh, a couple days before the game, and they had this huge display of, of Skittles right when you came in the store. Yeah. And I swear, every other person stopped. Oh, that's so cute! I think I'll get some. Do you know the Very Skittles? Smart. Do you Very know smart. the Skittles story? I don't know if I do. Well, his mom, when he was playing in what is it? What's the little little league football called? Puny football? Uh, Pee wee football? Puny, yeah, puny football. It's called puny football. <laughs> 
No. Pee-wee football? Pee-wee, yes, not puny football. So his mother... Wimpy football. His mother would carry Skittles around, and before a game, she would give him a little handful and, and say, here are your power pellets. If oh, you, if you I eat, never knew that story. That's yeah, if, great. if you eat these, you're going to be stronger and faster and better. And that's just... That would became their little thing before a game was, was she would give him Skittles, and oh, that's, that's how cute. the whole Skittles craze got started. Your teeth will be, your teeth will be filled with cavities, mm-hmm. but you'll be stronger. So That's right. Yeah. He was actually kind of a non-factor in the Super Bowl game, but it didn't really matter. It just—it was just a perfect game. Tell me about the um, the MVP thing. What tell, tell, what is that about? They MVP? gave it to they gave it to a guy named Malcolm Smith, who's a defensive player, and uh, and he made one great interception. And he ran it for a touchdown, and he was all over the field all of the game. And I felt like I don't know if you give it to Malcolm Smith or uh, Cam Chancellor, or one of those other players, but it had to go to a defensive player because as much as anything, you hold this great team, the Broncos, to eight points. That's about defense. Right. And so I, I just felt like it, the MVP's <clears throat> got to be a defensive player. I don't you can't, understand. You can't give it to Russell Wilson. But I don't understand the whole MVP. Why, why have a most valuable player? Isn't that sort of taking away from the whole this is a team mentality. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. And he gets a Chevy truck. And and when they presented He gets to him, go to Disney World. And when they presented him with the Chevy truck, I'm thinking, he doesn't want your crappy Chevy truck. Yeah. First no. of all, he can afford to buy his own truck. Why are you giving him a Yeah, and first of all he's gonna have to drive it all the way back to Seattle <laughs> through this winter weather. It's gonna be awful. <laughs> right. Thanks it's gonna for get nothing. all dirty yeah. and gross. Yeah, he's got to wash I, so it. I don't know. I don't understand it. It's, I, it's all Mar- I know marketing it's stuff. Money. He's never gonna. Right. He's never gonna own that truck. They'll trade it out with a truck. Right. You know, here in in this area, if, yeah. if they he even cares. Does he get a trophy and stuff too? I don't know. Probably. Probably does get some kind him, of plaque. Does it make him more marketable? Come contract uh, talks too. Probably not. No, really? You're kidding me. Um, I don't think so. I mean, it, oh. was, it was one game. You know, so I can just see him sitting in there going and. Uh, yeah, this this is this is crap. Is that you know I was the MVP. Do you know what that means? Most valuable. Let's see a little more value on this contract, shall we? You're serious. He can't use that to negotiate a better I, deal? Well, they can try. I don't think it means Then a, why do they even have it? It's Because it, for one thing, he wasn't overwhelmingly the obvious choice. I mean, there, as I watched the the game, I thought, well, I who would I name as the MVP? There's, this is such a complete team win that there's not an individual that I would name, but they have to name an individual. Uh, it's just a, the tradition of it. So uh, he he was fine. So you could you could have named the the ball boy. You're or saying the, it's unimportant enough that nobody really got their nose bent out of shape. Like oh, I was I thought I was going to be the well. MVP. I bet they privately got their nose bent out of joint. Now, there were some receivers like. Um, Curse, for example, and who uh, determines the MVP? Doug who's, who's voting on that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know hmm. who votes on it. I, maybe it's the fans should vote on it. It really should be a fan. It's pretty. It's a pretty instant vote. So that's a good question. Right, I, yeah. don't, I don't even know. They probably already know way ahead of time. I no, just, they, and they they yeah, wouldn't know ahead of yeah, time about yeah, Malcolm yeah. Smith. And He's they, not even a starter. And they just hope he doesn't screw it up. And mm. we, you know, there's all I've been reading about all these football conspiracies that well, have if, Den- been, if Denver had won the game. Which uh, they were apparently supposed to, supposed according to. to a new then it video gone, that's It would have gone to Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. even if he 
had a hangnail and didn't play most of the game. Right. I mean, that was it was the the story had already been written. So for the Seahawks to win in that fashion was amazing. Just well, amazing. Appar- Nobody believed it. Right, because it was a conspiracy. You think so? Did you see that article I sent you about um, football conspiracy, Super Bowl conspiracies, and um, some people say that yeah, it's already it's already figured out way before the games played. People, no, I don't. I don't believe that. You don't. No. You make it sound like it is so far fetched. Like you make that sound like what I just told you was that they're actual aliens playing the game and not real humans. That's how you reacted to what I just said. Don't you think it's possible that? No. No. Don't you even think that in a game that moves that fast, how can you pre- preordain what's going to happen? Well, I could see in a baseball game. Yeah, I'll purposely strike out right here. Mm. I could. I could see that, but not in a game of football. It's just uh, these guys are just smacking each other around, and it's very fast. And they're yeah, no. Okay. Well, I thought we were going to talk about. So it, I guess but you conspiracy. Just that down. The conspiracy idea of yours would have been that 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 very first snap of the game no. that goes over uh, over right. Manning's head right. was that was part of the plan. Yeah, yeah, and he looked really surprised. No, really, where it goes back to is apparently the Forty ers were supposed to be in the Super Bowl, not the Seahawks. Yeah, well, they were so. in the Super Bowl last year, uh, and they didn't get but it done. But the conspiracy says. Well, they they changed everything up so that, you know, they made all these bad calls on the 49ers so the Seahawks could go. There uh-huh. was thirst the yeah. conspiracy. Most of the conspiracy theorists are probably in San Francisco, I would guess, because they can't accept the fact. Like the quarterback, Kaepernick, said, if that pass I had thrown at the end of the game was just a foot farther, uh, we'd be talking about a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm thinking, yeah, but it wasn't a foot farther, was it? You screwed up. <laughs> you threw a crappy little pass that was easy to to deflect and intercept. I love how snotty you get. If, <laughs> if it was a little, yeah, well, it wasn't, was it? You chump. Yeah, I am kind of. I am kind of. I like that part, that side of I'm you. Sorry. No, don't apologize. I like it. So um, I got to give kudos to my friend Brian Tracy, who owns Ride the Duck. Uh, he obviously came out and offered uh, all these ducks for the players to ride in the parade in. So brilliant! Yeah, really brilliant smart. Ideas. They're open; everybody can see them, and it promotes his it com- promotes his ride. Sure. I mean, yeah. what, what a great he's yeah. he's a very forward thinker. We I, need to get him on the podcast. Yeah, we do. We do. Okay, so enough about the Super Bowl, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the happy news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the not so happy news is that I uh, suffered a family loss since we did our last podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I've talked about him before. Four years ago, my brother Sean, who's a younger brother, uh, went through a uh, kind of a health issue, and, and they never could really figure out for a very long time what was wrong with him. But it, but it turned out that he must have gotten some sort of spores that res, that wound up in his brain from crawling underneath a school where he was working. Really? And, and he breathed these spores in. They say, they theorize it could have been from bat guano. I mean, anything. Wow. But he breathed them in. And it might not affect you or me or anybody else, but for him, it became rather deadly. And he got it, this in his brain, and he wound up in the hospital for three months, most of those three months, in intensive care. And 
and he was not expected to live. And uh, the doctors, I remember one time the doctors came in and said, here are two things we believe for sure about your brother, Sean. One, he's got some sort of blood cancer. We don't know what, but that's for sure. And the second thing is that he will probably, he will for sure be on um, dialysis for the rest of his life. It affected his kidneys too. Mm -hmm. Wow. So fast forward a month, it's not blood cancer, and he is not on dialysis. It was like miraculous. He just, he got well. He just decided to get well, and he did. And uh, for four years, he, he, he was, it like changed him. He was transformed. He was he was never a, a cynical uh, bad guy by any means, but this made him uh, almost a spiritual person, and he just drank in every day and oh. felt like he got he got to play overtime yeah. in the game of life. And and uh, and so, but he had a heart attack, an apparent heart attack at his house a few weeks ago. Very big man, three hundred pounds. Uh, six foot six, big guy, and his family could not get the door open in the bathroom. He was lying against oh, it. Oh no! So they called, uh, you know, for aid. And by the time they got to him, he had been without a pulse or breathing for maybe fifteen minutes. Wow! And that, yeah, that ain't good. So he remained in a coma for a week. Uh, family had talked about quality of life issues. You know, what if he ever does awaken? We don't know. To what extent his brain damage may be? He may. Uh, the brain is so intricate and so complicated, and he may be. They never offered the possibility that he would be his old self again. He would be. Sometimes even people's personalities change, or they can't. Uh, their uh, their mobility changes, and all these things. And so, they. You know, one doctor said you have to think about what would make him happy. Would he be content? was sitting in a vegetative state, essentially, watching his grandchildren run around. Would that would that be something he'd want, or would he not want? I mean, it's a lot to throw at people. It is, know? especially when you're trying to mm. cope with the issue at hand right then and there. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we went and, um, at the hospital. We saw him, uh, and then we went, uh, we left, and went to go to sleep, and, and in the middle of the night, we got a call. That he had died, and the family had put a "do not resuscitate" thing on him because if he has another heart attack, that tells you this guy um, isn't viable. He's he's, oh, he's not. Right. He's just going to keep crashing and 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 yeah, with no good end. Uh, even the most optimistic person couldn't be think that this was going to end well. So in a way, it was very merciful that. It didn't go on for months and months and months, even years. You know, people are in comas or in this condition. Uh, it was like uh, Sean. Is that was his name? If I didn't mention it, Sean, saying, "You know what? I, 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 I'm really grateful for these last four years. I'm ready to head for the hills now." And so that's yeah. what he did. But and it, I, I know you were down there for uh, about a week or so or longer. Combined, yeah. We went down and he died. We came back home and then uh, we went back for his memorial service. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, you've lost your mom. Mm-hmm. I've lost my parents. Those things are really hard, but nothing has hit me like this. This is my brother, 
uh, younger than me. I don't know. It just not, rocks your world, and you'll be you'll be out walking around, not thinking of anything in particular, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh my God!" Yeah, Sean's dead. <clears throat> He's not alive anymore. He's not with us, any- and it'll just tear you apart. And you know, you know the feeling because you, yeah. you lost your mom. I, I feel very emotional knowing what you are going through and what your family is going through, but. You're right. It, it is not something you can plan for. You can only just expect that it won't be uh, anything that you plan for. I yeah. can remember just being um, what I would consider okay and head to the store because I'm, I'm feeling okay. And How long would this have been after your mom died? Oh, just it wouldn't matter if it was three months or three years. didn't matter. It just will, and it will, it will come up. And she's been gone for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty more than twenty. I moved up here to work before I ever knew you. Yeah, yeah, I moved up here to work with you the same same year she passed away, and uh, there's still days now that I think, God, I really I miss her. I don't. I'm not grieving it, and, and you you don't ever get over it. Don't obviously you don't get over it, but you learn to incorporate it in your life. So it's still a huge hole and a huge loss. There's so many things about my life I would have loved to have shared with her. Um, but yeah, the grieving process is a very odd one because your emotions are just going to do what they're going to do. And then you feel sort of guilty. I remember cleaning out my mom's estate with my aunt and, and we actually, um, were laughing about a lot of things and I felt very odd. Laughter seemed like a very odd, uh, sound to hear during the week. Uh, but my mom had passed away that, you know, when we were cleaning our things out that week. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I know that it's, it's, it's an unstable feeling to kind of not know really what to, where to go with your feelings, but it's, um, yeah, it's, and it's hard and people, you'll find people don't really want to, you know, they'll say things to, like, if there's anything I can do for you. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that really helps. I never, I didn't say that to you because I know there's nothing I can do for you. I know there's absolutely nothing I can do for you other than well, to... The only thing you could do is somehow bring him back. Right. Or bring your mom right. back. Yeah. Um, so it's it's. it's I should tell really people difficult. listening that you mm. are nervously working your hands around the yeah. headphone wire. I know. It's hard to talk about. It isn't? is hard to talk about. Yeah. And I'm feeling a lot of emotion because of what I know you're going through, too. And, um, but I, you know, I am sure the memorial service was lovely. Um, it was. How many people came? Was oh, it, was there were it? hundreds. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I couldn't believe it. They kept, the service got delayed 15 minutes because people kept coming in, kept coming in. And so I didn't plan to do it, but I decided I'm going to plant myself at the front door and I'm going to greet everybody oh, as they come nice. in. Oh, that's nice. And it felt good. And, did you uh, did you speak? Yes, I imagine you probably did. Years ago, and and I mean long years ago, because it was 1987 when my dad died. Uh, I got together with my my brothers, including Sean, and I said, "Look, you guys, let's." Dad was a funny, robust character. We got to tell funny stories rather than do a traditional eulogy. We can let the priest do that, but we'll tell funny stories. Which and, is a eulogy in and of And all my itself. brothers are going, no, I, I couldn't get through it. I, I, no, I, no, I can't, no. And so I had to work them, cajole them, uh, convince them that this is great and Dad would love it and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. So we go, we've, the day comes, we go up, 
And my brothers, I'm the oldest, so we went in succession of youngest to oldest. Brother Terry goes up. He's the youngest. He's great. He does a great job. Brother Dan goes up. Wonderful. Brother Sean comes up. He's hilarious. Mike comes up. He's really good. <laughs> then it's my turn, and I go up, and I go, <laughs> I lose it. I couldn't do it. I convinced yeah. them to do it, and I right. that's something that I couldn't do. Right. So I decided this year, I'm not going to try to be sentimental at all. Because if I try to be sentimental, I will lose it, right. and then I won't be able. So I, I just kept it funny the whole time, and it worked out great. And I just told, we all told stories about Sean. Um, one of them about, oh, it's Mr. is that my dog? Sadie, get out of the cupcakes. Get out of there. Get out of there. There's going to be another funeral if you don't get out of there. <laughs> Come here, honey. Um, so uh, there are so many stories about Sean, but one was that he was, when he was a kid, he was always getting in trouble, <laughs> always getting in trouble. And so we were all really getting in trouble. So that was the days when you would administer spankings. Oh, yeah. My mom would say, That's it. You wait till your dad gets home. Ooh. My mom had a really deep voice. <laughs> you wait till your dad gets home. And so, and he would come in. And he and he would always say, "Get the stick." Oh God! And then later it became just get a stick, so it was no specific stick. So I would go. Did there used to be a specific stick? Yeah. And then uh, it broke. Yeah, it broke. Exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. It broke. You were bad boys. Yeah. So I would go. Okay. He said a stick, so I'm going to go get a stick of butter. Or, oh, you know, such a smart somebody ass. would get a stick of, you know, gum or a, a stick of uh, some lipstick or whatever. But Sean, very funny. Sean was so courageous and unyielding. He would always get the ugliest, meanest looking, gnarliest stick he could find. With thorns on with it. Thorns and barbed wire and nails sticking out of it. And he'd awesome. hand it to my dad and say, "Go at it, old man." And, and, and I mean, which, he was incredible. And That's so what it ultimately resulted was that my dad got so frustrated, he just wouldn't give us spankings anymore. Because obviously... What a bunch of wiseacres yeah. I got in the house. So he would make us go to bed without supper. That was oh. his thing. Which Sean did not ever care about because Sean always had this big stash of snacks and food under his bed. And so that didn't work either. But we, <laughs> we had this barrel, this... Um, large barrel like an oil barrel and it had a locking lid on the top of it so we realized that this would be perfect to give each other rides in so how old were you oh who knows you know we were kids yeah okay so we would all each get inside the barrel the lid would be administered and then one brother would be at the top of of us we had a little hill in our yard and we would push the barrel and then the other brothers would be at the foot of the yard and they would catch the barrel Sounds like a really good plan. It was a good plan. It what wor- happened? It worked most of the time. <laughs> Until the time that Sean was in the barrel. And we push it off. And then my brother Mike. and uh, the, Anyway, long story. You can guess. We, the barrel got away from us. Oh, my God. And my mom had, these gar- had this really impressive terraced garden. Right. That, that went all the way down. Like a, stair steps. Long, like stair steps. Yeah. Down, that was about three feet high each step. And then, and then there was a little bluff at the end of it. So Sean got away from us, went end over end down this terrace, over the bluff, 
and finally crashed into a juniper tree, and the barrel lay motionless. So we're all thinking, oh, oh my, no. Oh, my God. We thought we killed our brother. And so we, we go, we don't run down there. We kind of saunter down there because we don't want to look inside this oh thing. Oh, my God. This is going to be really bad. And so we finally get down to the barrel. We pry the lid off, and Sean falls out of the barrel laughing so hard. <laughs> he said, oh, my God, that was great. I want to do it again. Said, what? That's classic. That's, that's Very Sean. Fun. That was Sean. He's just different kind of cat. Very fun. Um, and as an adult, in his last four years of his life, he his passion was to be a referee. He loved it. He's a high school football and basketball referee. And there are many stories people told about his refereeing because he, he was very skilled at what he was doing, and he would make calls, but he always kept his sense of humor at the same time and could disarm people because people get passionate like you see sure. at the Super Bowl. They're even worse when they're parents. Yeah, and when they're parents, exactly. So one game, Sean is officiating, and it's a very tense back-and-forth duel between these two teams. And there's a guy up in the stands, way up at the top of the stands, that is going, You stink, Ruff! You're off! You're blowing every call! Hell! I can see the game better from up here than you can down there! Sean blows his whistle and marches up into the stands. No, he does not. This is a 300-pound guy. He's six foot six. He goes all the way up to the stands. The guy's shrinking into his seat. You know, oh my God, yeah. he's going to kill me. Sean goes up to the stands, plants himself next to the guy, and just kind of looks around for a moment. He goes, you know what, everybody? He's right. You can see the game better from up here. <laughs> guy, that's, shut up the rest of the game. That's so great. It was, and what a time it was, it was A time of innocence A time of confidences Long ago it must be I have a photograph Preserve your memories They're all that's left you Listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 